Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another great episode of the Finnovate Podcast. We've got a special one for you today. We've got double Greg on the Finnovate Podcast. Joining me today, we have Greg Varnell, the VP of Engineering at Q2. Q2, another one of our best of show winning companies at Finnovate Fall Digital back in September, like we are doing with all of our other winners. We are profiling them. If you haven't seen their video, go to finnovate.com slash videos. You can find Q2's demo video there, along with all of the other videos from Finnovate Fall Digital. But now let's focus in on Q2. So, Greg, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks, Greg, for having me. Um, I know most of the people probably will have been at least somewhat aware of you, but for people who haven't seen the video, can you start with just a quick intro into what Q2 is all about? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Q2 is a financial experience company. Uh, Our primary product is digital banking. Uh, but we also have lending um, and uh, account opening workflows uh, as well on our platform. And uh, we're 16 years old. We're a publicly traded company. And so a lot of, uh, a lot of information on us under our uh, ticker symbol Q, uh, QTWO. Excellent. So, you know, let's, let's talk now about the demo and what you launched at Finnovate Fall in September. You know, in the opening of your demo, you went right for kind of the biggest pain points in fintech and finance. You know, the difficulty fintechs have in getting their products into banks. And then on the flip side, you know, the experience a lot of bankers have when they see fintechs they want to integrate, but it's too painful or downright impossible for them to do what they want to do. So, you know, as the link between those, these two groups, can you talk about the pressure you felt at Q2 to kind of step in and, and try and solve this for people on both sides of that equation? Yeah, absolutely. And prior to being at Q2, which I've been for about 10 years, I came from the credit union industry. So it was a challenge back, you know, in those days as well. And so something I ex- experienced and certainly have experienced over my time at Q2. You know, I think the, the, the crux of the challenge is that nobody really owns the technology. Um, most banks have technology from various uh, different providers from their cores to their statements to the, you know, imaging and, and uh, the teller platforms, et cetera. And then typically a digital banking experience uh, is thrown in there from a different provider. And so when you're talking about a, a yet another provider, a fintech coming in and trying to integrate uh, with that solution, it's just very, very challenging for everybody because, you know, even the banks and sometimes can't uh, control their destiny with all of the various components of their stack. They're relying on a bunch of third parties. And so it just becomes, you know, really challenging. And then for fintechs to be able to be successful there, it can be really challenging because, you know, maybe you, maybe you uh, have a great interface to one of the cores, but then you're missing all the ancillary, you know, solutions. And, and, uh, and so having to go learn the, the millions of combinations that exist in the industry uh, can just be really, really time consuming. No, totally. And I think the frustration is is palpable at an, an event like Finnovate. You know, we've certainly seen on, on both sides of this how that frustration has borne out. Um, and I think, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit before we actually pushed record here, but there's there's a couple of different ways you can look at this. On the one hand, there are people who are legitimately prevented from doing what they want to do. You know, they have this, we, we aren't able to engage here uh, or weren't able to engage, I should say. Um, and on the other hand, you have people who kind of look at this as you know, the easiest excuse. Well, I would, I would love to incorporate that fintech, but I can't. So, oh, well. And it's sort of this like, you, know, you kind of get the sense that maybe the, the desire is not really there to, to do anything anyway. 
And I suppose one of the really cool things about this is that now you kind of give people, you know, you eliminate this excuse. You give people who want it the ability to really take new technology and integrate it really quickly. Um, so my, my question here is, you know, what has the response been like since Finnovate Fall, since you've gone public with this? Um, what are you seeing from the industry in terms of the number of people who are excited, who are willing to uh, you know, jump to the front of the line and say, finally, we can do this? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been really interesting. So first of all, the response has been, you know, pretty overwhelming from both fintechs and our and our customers alike. Um, a tremendous amount of excitement, a tre- tremendous amount of, you know, finally. Um, but even having said that, as we continue going through this process, you know, there's certainly uh, customers in our realms that are like, finally, we can go now move fast. Um, and they say those words, and then they do everything they can to not move fast through the process because they're following old process and procedures that, you know, almost prevent um, this type of, uh, you know, innovation from happening and, and similar thing from the, uh, the fintechs as well. A lot of fintechs are finally, and some are very well equipped to go knock out the integration and be ready for the marketplace. And then, you know, we find out maybe on the legal side, they're a lot more slow and it's going to take a lot more time for us to get through, uh, the agree- the agreements and the engagements. Um, some are really fast on the, uh, on the agreement side and then the technical side really delays. And so, um, and then there's certainly some that are just moving fast, uh, all the way around and are, and are really well, uh, equipped for that. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting, you know, that, that notion of it being an excuse. I mean, I've never talked to a bank that doesn't say they want to be innovative and they want to move faster and they want to have more features, uh, in, in functionality for their customers or members on the credit union side, but their, their walk doesn't always, you know, match that, that speech. Um, and their internal procedures can make it really challenging. Their processes can make it really challenging. And so, you know, what we're finding is as we kind of knock down one barrier, other barriers pop up uh, that prevent that. And so we're learning a ton as we go through here. You know, I think that's the the great greatest part of my job is I get to learn new things every single day uh, with my team. And so that makes a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, it's not like we solved it all and it's, it's over with. Uh, there's other challenges that pop up as you as you knock knock one down. Um, and so we're just we're kind of taking them uh, as they come and, and, and trying to be uh, creative about how we solve them. And, and um, you know, both for the for the fintechs and for the uh, for the bank customers. Sure. Yeah, no, I think that's really all you can do is kind of provide the platform, give somebody the opportunity to do what um, they ostensibly say they want to do. And then you can give them a, you know, then you have the real test. Do the, do the actions match the stated goals, right? Are you willing to actually put in the work when you've got the time? Or is there another thing down the line? And of course, there are no shortage of legitimate barriers that will pop up. But um, it is interesting to see kind of which banks and which fintechs are in this moment ready to go, um, kind of raring, chomping at the bit to, to do this. So um, that will be, I think, a really interesting one to, to watch. Now, I want to switch gears a little bit here um, and talk uh, about this idea of a partner model for fintech. This is something that we've heard people talk about at Finnovate for a while now. Um, some people really believe you know, partnerships are the way forward. Others kind of view relationships more as vendor-style relationship than a true partnership. Um, obviously, you, know, you guys are using the word partnership heavily as you go through this demo. You can, uh, but, but can you talk about what that word really means from your perspective? You know, why it's a partnership marketplace and not a vendor marketplace? And, and just how you kind of view this word partnership in the context of the platform you set up? Yeah, sure, Greg. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's such an important part to, uh, of what we're trying to do. I mean, it's in our title, right? Q2 Partner Marketplace. And, you know, I mean, I think historically this, this term partner, um, you know, kind of gains this context of, hey, my vendors are my partners. And the reality is you pay them a lot of money uh, and they provide you a service. 
And going into the part, partner marketplace, it was very important for us that we leveled the playing fields. And um, we tried to put a model together where nobody wins without everybody winning um, or nobody loses without everybody losing. And so that's kind of the model we've been able to, to put in place. And, uh, you know, I like to use a metaphor. We're all in the boat rowing the same way together. You know, there's no way uh, the way we ask fintechs to set up their model in this marketplace that, you know, they get paid up front, they make a lot of money, and then they have a contract, whether, you know, they're successful or not, the contract, you know, drives that revenue. We've asked them to put skin in the game uh, and only collect revenue when uh, end users actually sign up for the products and gain value out of that products. Um, Q2, we've taken it to market with no charge uh, at all from the Q2 platform, uh, no hidden fees, no hidden charges in there at all. The only way we make money out of this very, very large investment we've made is when end users actually adopt products uh, from the banks. And so obviously the banks are getting the value of the stickiness of end users coming into their digital banking experience to access these fintechs. Uh, and they're providing those values out uh, to those end users. But, you know, the bank uh, doesn't get all the all the brand and all the uh, recognition of having all these partners unless end users are actually uh, discovering them and using them and gaining that value out of them. And so we feel like it's the most, you know, it's the truest partnership uh, I think that I've ever been a part of where, uh, you know, we all have to work very, very closely hand in hand. And, you know, the traditional model would be I charge a lot of money for the marketplace and I, I win up front. Uh, and that's just certainly not the way we've we built this model. Um, it's free for our Q2 customers. Uh, they can uh, access the marketplace for no charge. There's no monthly fees. There's no maintenance fees. Uh, the only way we make our money is is for their end users uh, making purchases inside of the inside of the platform. I think that's a really smart way of setting it up. And and I think one of the things that I really like about it is this idea, you know, we're all in it together, sink or swim. You know, if we win, we win together. If we lose, we lose together. I think that's an important kind of motivating factor. Um, I think you know, the other thing that I really like about this is it sort of forces everybody involved to kind of put their money where their mouth is. You know, we believe that our product is going to be revolutionary for you. So we're comfortable coming into this kind of environment. Um, where it's you know, a prove-it type of environment. Very, uh, very much you have to actually deliver. And I think that's one of the really fun pieces of it. Um, you know, one of the other pieces is, I, I guess, that we're going to be letting the market decide you know, which fintechs belong on the front page, so to speak, of the, the marketplace ecosystem. Um, and and it's, I expect that it will be fairly competitive for companies as they start, you know, fintech companies in particular, as they start to um, you know, compete in the same space and come in there. Um, what advice do you have for the fintech companies listening now to kind of give themselves the best chance of being, you know, jumping to the top of the page, uh, making sure they stay on that front page of, of what will probably be a fairly competitive situation? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, hopefully the uh, the vendors that are winning in the marketplace are the same vendors that would win, you know, in a, in a level fit playing field experience. They're delivering uh, the value to the end users, um, you know, that the end users are asking for. Uh, and they're keeping up with the technologies and the changes as they're occurring quite rapidly uh, to offer those new, you know, capabilities. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it is definitely interesting from the Q2 standpoint that, you know, um, we don't want to be in the boat where we're trying to pick the winning fintech or we're trying to pick the winners we want 
the more the merrier. We want as many people participating as possible. Um, and ultimately, it's not even the banks or the FIs that are choosing, uh, at least if the model you know, continues to flow correctly, it's the actual end users that are receiving those experiences. And so, you know, I think, uh, you know, fintechs are going to have to continue to deliver, you know, on the technology and the experience that the end users are looking for uh, in order to be successful in, that, in, in the marketplace. Totally agreed. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's exactly where it should be. It should be the end users who are able to make these decisions. And I think where the fintech industry has struggled is when we put people uh, in a position of having to try and guess at what other people want, at what you know, yeah. technologies are going to be successful, what people actually want to use. And, and one of the things that um, you know, coronavirus has really kind of taught us is that when people have to make a choice, you know, when you have to make a digital provider choice, you end up having some preferences fairly quickly. Um, and so it'll be really interesting to see how these uh, end users really become accustomed to using the marketplace, who they end up selecting, you know, what, what functionality they're really looking for. And I sincerely hope that you know, the, the analyst community is, is paying a lot of attention here and we start to get some really cool reports around you know, which types of fintechs are being used the most, where customers are spending the bulk of their time in the platform. That will be one which would be really fascinating for a lot of us in the space to, to consider. So, um, well, I'm afraid we are out of time for today, but thank you very much for taking the time to, to chat with me. Um, again, uh, we're talking to Greg Varnell, VP of Engineering at Q2. If you haven't seen their video, I would strongly recommend you go and take a look at it. It is very impressive technology, a deserved best of show winner. So congrats, Greg, and thanks again for joining me. Absolutely. My pleasure, Greg. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. The Finnovate Podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening.